move to your appropriate location. <laughs> um, Me with the kids <laughs> every day. <laughs> <laughs> just start saying that. <laughs> move Please to your move appropriate, your appropriate location. location. They'll just be like, what? <laughs> God, when I have to have to kick the girls out of the bathroom it's like 20 at a time stuffed in there i'm like ladies there are four stalls get out <laughs> look this is you can't you can't erase nature danny <laughs> women were meant to use the bathroom in, packs. in huge packs my god yes they need to have their tribunal <laughs> Like girl, girlhood, girlhood requires the tribunal, <laughs> but we don't have separate teacher bathrooms, so I gotta be leave. Okay, all right. You need to leave the tribunal. Like, I am the boss here. I use the bathroom first. Exactly. Hi, welcome to Two Lacquered Ladies, the podcast about nail polish and nail art by the ladies who stream it. I'm Stephanie, a.k.a. Fanatic here on every social media platform that matters. I'm an unprofessional nail artist, and I like to make fan art on my nails. Howdy. My name is Danny, and you can find me as Danny Shout online. I'm a science educator by day and a nail art hobbyist by night. On stream, I like to create scenes with themes on my nails. Welcome the the heck back, everybody. <laughs> Hi there. <laughs> Oh, hi there. How? <laughs> Danny and I are both, we're both so cozy because tis the season mm-hmm. to it's be cozy. Season. I'm in my it snuggie. Is... <laughs> yes. I think that, okay, this podcast will be coming out right after Christmas. Mm. Um, And so, so yeah, Danny's in her snuggie. I'm in the world's longest hoodie. <laughs> <laughs> Um, that that I purchased off of the the ever so popular fashionable website Woman Within <laughs> that is definitely not known for for moo-moos and <laughs> we love a good moo-moo. <laughs> we apparently do. Uh, <laughs> they have good staples, like you know, you're you're, you're gonna find some like prairie dresses and some like. <laughs> Not so flattering things on that website, but but you could also buy the world's longest hoodie. So yeah. really, uh, who's winning? We're both ready for wizard cosplay. Yes, <laughs> we are wizards. Winter is for wizard core. <laughs> Ohio is for lovers. Winter is for wizards. Yes. <laughs> We're here pondering our orb. My microphone's a, a snowball, so I, I, <laughs> I'm always pondering my orb. Like when I will replace the orb. Um, why the orb hates me? Yeah, because uh, <laughs> it totally messed up the last episode, which Daddy definitely listened to. Oh, for sure. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I know exactly what we talked about. I'm all caught up. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but you're right though like we're both kind of at the point where we're we're ready to like take our equipment to the next level but that's so scary because going from beginner stuff to intermediate is exciting and also you can kind of pick whatever you know what i mean as long as it's in that mid-range there's a lot of options we're now at the point where like every dollar matters in quality and like brand you pick and like oh my god the reviews we're gonna have to read Ugh. <laughs> 
Like, the thing is, here's the thing, is that I absolutely would just get a Blue Yeti like you. Yeah. Um, I do like it. Because you always, yeah, you always sound fantastic. Um, You always sound great in it. And, like, should I listen to that for myself and, and be my own judge? Of course I should. But you know who I'm letting be the judge. <laughs> Every YouTuber I watch who makes fun of Blue Yetis. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, if every a-hole YouTuber thinks they're bad, <laughs> they must be bad. It, I don't think it's bad at all. But um, yeah, I'm not looking to update my mic anytime soon. I am trying to figure out what camera to replace my nail cam with. And do I go your route with the just straight up a camcorder? You know, which maybe my father-in-law might have like a old one lying around that I could learn how to use. Or do I also listen to every snobby YouTuber tell me what camera's best <laughs> for their vlogs and whatnot? Uh. <laughs> uh, Chic Nail Geeks, part of our community, also another streamer. Mm-hmm. She just bought this one that like follows her hand around the table. That's pretty cool. So I know it was expensive. I unfortunately could not make it. She had a little exhibition in her discord. Um, and I really did want to watch it. But like, I was like, I was like, literally not home. Um, <laughs> so I was like, I can't watch this right now. Um, but yeah, she's in love with it. I heard when Didymus said uh, that it was really, really cool. And so that's one I yeah, I want to upgrade to my biggest thing is that I, I want it to zoom in and out like my camcorder. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if I can't have that, then I don't really want to upgrade. <laughs> yeah. And whereas I'm thinking I want a multi-purpose camera that can get me a nice, you know, top-down shot, but that I could mm-hmm. also take off of the stand and use for vlogs and like filming out in the world. Because I love this webcam I use for my face. This one right here. Yeah. This one. Um, yeah, that one. Yeah. That uh-huh. one. <laughs> um, but it's not exactly something I can, like, carry around with me. So, so many options. So much research to do. And I just don't want to right now. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like a camcorder. It, it probably would be a really good idea for you. Because you would have the Zoom capabilities. And then you could take it out on the go mm-hmm. you know what i really want <laughs> what i have to Tell ask me what you want i, what you I have really, to ask really my want. dad <laughs> zig a zig ah if he still has it or remembers it um he had one of those giant 90s camcorders that like directly recorded onto a vhs tape in the camera do you know what I'm talking about? Yes, yeah, I want of course. that. Not not necessarily for my nail stuff, but just like for aesthetics. Just like walking around vlogging with the biggest, most clunkiest '90s equipment possible. I love just it. Setting up a boombox instead of having background music edited in, we're just gonna play a boombox. We're just gonna play "Wannabe" by yes. the Spice Girls, and we're gonna live our best '90s life. <laughs> I feel like by the time, though, like by the time that Wannabe by the Spice Girls was out, I think we were already into more modern. We all had those little digital cameras that took horrible pictures, but like, my God, we loved it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We were like kind of leaving. I think like the the DVDs were like Mm -hmm. starting up 
I think I bought Spice World on DVD. I remember it being on DVD and never on VHS. So yeah, that must have been <laughs> the new time. Must have been a- about that time. Yeah, I would love to see you vlog on one of those like giant 90s <laughs> cameras. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really into analog horror, and when you brought that up, so analog horror basically, it's mostly a, a YouTube, um, a, a YouTube type of horror, but it's starting to get more into the mainstream and more into like studio releases. Uh, like the most popular one recently has been Skinamarink, which um, it, it's a like you're either gonna love it, or you're gonna be like I don't, what? <laughs> what? Um, be- <laughs> it's, it's quite conceptual. Um, <laughs> But, uh, yeah, like, a lot of it is either stuff that looks like, you know, old graphics from, like, 80s TV, Mm. um, things like that, and things that was, like, filmed on, like, those big VHS cameras. Yeah, like, Blair Witch Project kind of vibes. Yeah. The scary part comes from not, like, capturing every angle because you don't have the technology or something like that. Yeah, yeah. And also, like, a nostalgia factor. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, pretty close to like found footage, uh, but that's not all found footage. Like a lot of it's like stuff that, um, like I said, like old PSAs yeah. and stuff, things like that. But yeah, it's, I, I really like, I really like it. And, uh, Skin and Rink itself, one of the trends I'm really loving about, uh, fan stuff from Skin and Rink mm-hmm. is that on Etsy right now, there's two different sellers i think they're two different sellers mm. selling vhs's <laughs> of skin and meringue oh that's cool <laughs> right i think it's so cool um one of them is like they've they've mocked up their own vhs box mm. um and the other one because well given how skin and meringue is it it really looks like a home movie yeah um they just did it in like a in like a home movie box yeah oh, they've cool. written <laughs> and they wrote oh, hand wrote it on yeah i love that that would look good in your background, actually. You know what? You're right. Uh, just buy an thank old you. Just and just write whatever you want on there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I do have the Hollow Taco retro. Yes, Hello, VHS. Yes. I love that one. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you for giving me a reason to spend money on a Skin and Marink VHS. We, it's, you have an Etsy addi- addiction, and it's okay. You're allowed. To. I do. You're supporting small artists, so you know go for it (laughs) that's very true i actually just bought from etsy actually i just bought i bought it like three months ago because it was a pre-order i bought the boy washi tape (laughs) yes put it on all your letters (laughs) is that what you do what danny what do you do i use it mostly in my bullet journals but also if i'm trying you know if i'm spending any amount of time trying to make a letter look nice i'll use washi tape like on the back to make it look like real tape it is real tape but you know what i mean like it was like yeah. it actually serves a function but it doesn't it's just aesthetic <laughs> decorative i actually do have to send out a few letters because um if you all did not hear last time um we are giving away swag bags if you can send us a screenshot <laughs> of your spotify wrapped yeah. and we're on it <laughs> um and one one of the people i'm sending to is uh our viewer lo-fi cicada and i know that that lo-fi cicada has a similar similar leanings <laughs> have i, I mentioned how much i love that username i love it i love that user <laughs> like i i like my username you know it's simple it's easy to use everywhere but like i sometimes i see a username and i'm like 
dang, that's so much better. Like, that's such a cool username. <laughs> right? Uh, yeah, I think it's super cool. Because so. unfortunately, lo-fi is the reason why my Spotify um, wrapped was very boring. And it always is every year because I listen to it while I study. So it ends up like taking over all of my rap. And I don't feel like that shows like a personality. You know what I mean? It, oh, this this person studies a lot. <laughs> yeah. This person this has person background, likes music, background music. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah it was like, it was like, it was a lo-fi artist, lo-fi artist, Doja Cat, lo-fi artist. And I don't even listen to that. Much. Like I love Doja Cat, but like only a few songs do I listen to often. I guess it was enough. <laughs> There you go. My number one song of the year was Kiss Me by Sixpence None the Richer. What a good song. What a great song. But also really random. <laughs> right? Okay, here's what happened. Here's what happened. I love that song. Um, and I'm, I'm still working on, like, it's still an idea. I'm not actually, I'm, I'm working on it in my brain. Basically, I was listening to that song and I, like, got an idea for um, a, a script I would like to write about <laughs> it. So I was like, not about the song, but like with that as like, you know, just like kind of a, a prompt. Um, and so when I think about that, I listen to that song. So sometimes I was listening to it on repeat over and over again mm. in my car. Uh, and then my Spotify rap came around and I was like, surprise Pikachu face. <laughs> like, how did this happen? How did this happen? <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> I love that song because it's like, it's an idealized hipster couple. And you know, no one can achieve that. You know what I mean? No one, you maybe can do it once, have the full aesthetic and stuff, but you can't just like live in that world. And it's, it's such a beautiful fantasy that you can coordinate. I've always wanted to go on dates where my dress color matched my husband's like shirt color. And we were that couple. And I know they exist, but I also know the fights that go into like, you can't buy that shirt because I don't have a dress that matches it. Be like, what do you mean? <laughs> We have to achieve the aesthetic. <laughs> I have had one relationship that uh, we went on dates and matched, but we were not a couple. We were not sexually compatible, but we did get dressed up and uh, go to Disneyland and regularly ate at the Blue Bayou and went swing dancing. <laughs> uh, so it was pretty sick tba i like exactly like it's such a i don't know yeah i guess you can have it it that has to be your thing you know what i mean like that that aesthetic has to be the relationship and then you have real life over here yeah. on the side <laughs> yeah oh my gosh remember when swing dancing came back for a little while i wanted to be good at it so bad i was i'm a horrible dancer i cannot dance i want to dance though <laughs> like jimmy jr from bob's burgers i just want to dance and then i'm yes <laughs> do it <laughs> oh my goodness um but you have been okay so danny you've been doing vlogmas i've been a busy lady <laughs> what the heck um I know. how's that going <laughs> um oh my god i'm tired so I have been fairly successful at it. I have only missed one day where I stayed up till 2 a.m. editing a video and posted it the next day. And I was like, it counts for both. It was the last day of the semester. I was exhausted. I had it was a half day, actually, that Friday. And I had this idea that I was going to come home and film two more videos and be so productive. You know what I did? I fell asleep for six mm -hmm. hours. <laughs> That's the Danny I know and love. Mm -hmm, that's me. 
I know, I do not understand 45 minute naps. I don't know how people do it. <laughs> so yeah, that didn't happen. And I was like, you know what? Who cares? <laughs> I've been doing pretty good. Um, the videos have been going, they've been going pretty good. I caught up finally on my Manny reviews from last year. Uh, and ever since I've just kind of been posting mostly chatty videos, a, a review of a brand, a, a manicure, one bullet journal so far. And yeah, I'm really enjoying it. Basically my plan is to kind of see what kind of videos I enjoy making, what kind of videos my audience however small it is right now, responds to. And that'll kind of set me up for the type of videos I make after Vlogmas. So yeah, that's, it's going good. Yeah. Um. So I saw that mm -hmm. your Hollow Taco video yes. got like a lot more views than the other ones. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Apparently, <clears throat> unfortunately, that's like one of my worst ones. Because <laughs> I was <laughs> extra tired that day and just kind of trying to get a video out. And it's, it's a little rough, but yeah. Um, YouTube recommended that one because so when people search Hollow Taco, it's one of the ones that pops up. And so I got a lot more views on that. Um, I don't know how to read analytics that well yet. So I don't know like how much that really impacted my channel, if at all. But it's kind of cool to be like looking through my numbers and then see like Hollow Taco. <laughs> like that one shoots up really high. I don't think like, I mean, obviously it's good to kind of like keep your finger on the pulse of what's performing and what's not. But I think it's a slippery slope to really focus too hard on analytics. Yes. I want to balance, right? Because I want to know what people are actually... I like. I don't want to put all this effort into making a video if literally no one wants to watch it. Because that's, yeah. you know, that's just my time wasted. Even if I enjoy making the video, I could maybe do something else with it. But I also don't want to be a trend chaser by any means. I don't want to be just doing what everyone else is doing. And that's why I'm trying to do a few things different, but uh, but but not too different so that I don't put people off <laughs> who are used to watching nail polish videos and stuff. So, yeah. <laughs> Unlike me, who's just like, I really hope everybody gets put off. <laughs> <laughs> we'll alienate you all or you'll become assim assimilated. <laughs> but that's your brand. Yeah, exactly. Yes, assimilation is your brand. <laughs> That's true. Like you will love the things that I love. I I shared a thing the other day that was like it's the opposite I of mean, gatekeeping. <laughs> yeah, you will enjoy the things I enjoy. You will listen. I will talk about them <laughs> until you like them too. And it worked. I watched The Boy after all. Like you got me to watch a horror movie. I don't watch horror movies. Like now you've gotten me to watch two. One about gross old yes. lighthouse men and one about a wall boy. <laughs> Both of which I will say are hardly horror movies. Yeah, but that's enough for me. That's, you know. Speaking of the boy, I will not I will not talk too much about this, but I will talk too much about this later on at my stream. Yes. Um, William Brent Bell, who made The Boy and also The Boy 2, which I will never forgive him for. Um, and also Orphan First Kill, which I've never seen and don't care about. Um, and presumably other things, too. Um, he made uh, a new movie called Lord of Misrule, uh, which is a folk horror and I was like, okay, cool. I'm going to watch this. We'll see if it's good. I knew that it had roots in both The Wicker Man and Midsommar. 
or Midsommar, Midsummer, however you want to pronounce that movie, which I don't know if I've ever mentioned to you, Danny, but the lead character's name is Danny. Oh. Uh, yeah. yeah <laughs> and I love her. Uh, but <laughs> anyway, um, the thing I've learned about this director is that he, he is very, he's artistic. I think he's a very talented director. But he is just like, back up the money truck. I will make whatever I think will sell well. And this movie's also very much like, man, you know what really sucked? Um, The Boy 2. <laughs> so I'm going to take like the ideas I like from The Boy 2, cast the same actor in a very similar role, and then make this movie, which is like somebody made a quilt out of The Wicker Man and Midsummer. <laughs> I would say it's their love child, but it's not because I see all the seams. <laughs> <laughs> it's their Frankenstein it's their monster. Yes. <laughs> uh, which wouldn't have bugged me, which wouldn't have bugged me, except it was just so bad. Uh, and it had no emotional core, but uh, there was one note that they did take, which I won't, I won't include because it's a spoiler. Um, but they know that we'd be thirsty for some monsters, <laughs> I guess is what I'm saying. They're like, here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Credit where credit is due, but also I'm not, I'm, I'm sorry. You, you lost, you lost. I'm going to Guillermo del Toro. He knows how to treat me. Yeah. He knows how to treat a lady. <laughs> Give me that weird Pinocchio. <laughs> Actually, I haven't watched the weird I haven't watched it either. I watched a review of it and I was like, that looks really weird. I'll watch it eventually, but. Is, right Pino- is the Pinocchio hot? No. Am I supposed to be thirsty for Pinocchio? No, but there's some other monsters that are quite aesthetic. So there's like a death goddess or something. I, I don't know. I just watched a review. So she looks nice, I think. I, it's been a while since I watched the review, but I remember being like, wow. <laughs> Guillermo del Toro knows. Yeah. He knows. He knows. Ever since, I mean, Hellboy won that's got its thing but hellboy 2 i think is what cemented me into um the camp of words i can't say about monsters <laughs> oh yeah i totally have kids who listen to this podcast by the way they they come up and tell me <gasps> what <laughs> They're like i found your podcast it's so funny i'm like oh no <laughs> okay i'm cutting some of that out just <laughs> fyi i mean you know the damage has been done exactly we yeah don't even worry about it just (laughs) oh my god hi kids this is your auntie steffi don't do drugs Um. (laughs) thanks auntie steffi (laughs) i'm always wearing my dare shirt yes don't do drugs Um, uh, but yeah. yeah, anyway, so that, that's, that's what I've been. I've been watching Netflix just put out a new animated series, which I'm, you know, I'm all about animation and the protagonist is an older woman, which you never see. And I was so excited when I saw that on the, my little email I get of like, what's coming soon. It's called Carol in the end of the world. And oh, oh, feelings and feelings sadness and feelings but they're so good and so it's got the vibes you know what i mean (laughs) it's um it is lo-fi like in a show it's very mellow and it's because it's about the world ending you know and it's but it's that awkward amount of time it's like eight months until the world is ending because there's like something colliding into earth and so everybody knows that the world's ending and just like there you have this kind of like very normal lady who 
doesn't have a lot going on, doesn't really have ambitions, trying to navigate through that where, you know, everyone's traveling the world and like, oh, you have to see Tibet before you die, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, no, (laughs) I don't want to. (laughs) And just, it's really interesting. It's really interesting. So I'm only a few episodes in, but so far I recommend it. How do you get people to work as flight attendants and pilots when the world is ending? That's a great, no, that's, that's actually kind of part of the show is kind of interesting. Like some people like just need to work because they can't really handle like the world ending. So there are still people willing to like play those roles or whatever, which is weird to me. (laughs) But there's of course plenty of people who, you know, don't do that. So, and don't go to work anymore. Yeah, it's weird to me, like, there's jobs that I'm like, okay, like, I would keep streaming until the end of the world, for sure. Yeah, so. (laughs) (laughs) But. they still have, like, power and water and stuff, so obviously someone's, or maybe it's a volunteer basis thing, like, hey guys, we still need utilities for eight more months, would anyone like to come, like, turn the valves or whatever, and, you know, I, they haven't got into that, so, and I don't think they will. That makes more sense to me because I feel like if you are, for me at least, if I was working one of those jobs, mm-hmm. I would be like, yeah, I, I, this is a calling, I guess. Mm-hmm. Like this is, this is how I'm going to contribute yeah. to, to the world. But I don't know. I feel like, I feel like flight specifically is such a stressful, uh, and, and like, person facing job mm-hmm. i was like i wouldn't work at disneyland but I'm like no if i was on the jungle cruise i would also probably work that until like the day that the world ended yeah um, but but yeah interesting i don't know if i'm able to handle that it's, show yeah it's pretty heavy level. um you have to definitely be in like uh like in a mood for being upset but it's not too upsetting you know what i mean it's not like it's not like horrible things are happening in the show. It's just that yeah. like the emotions of dealing with all of that. Uh, what is interesting. Sorry. It's like such a side thing. The military runs the grocery stores. So I guess no one was willing to work at the grocery stores. So it's like a like soldiers run it. Um, but yeah, it's everything else seems to run as normal pretty much. But anyway, I, I, I recommend at least the first episode just like to. To feel the vibe, see if it's your thing. <laughs> I have so many. Yeah, I just I will be here forever if I ask every question I have about <laughs> why would the soldier stay? <laughs> right? No, I don't. I don't know. I've only like four episodes in. <laughs> yeah. Okay. 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 And it's not about the world. It's about Carol. So I don't know if they're going to explain everything, and it's okay if they don't. To be honest. <laughs> yeah, you don't need to. Ex- you don't need to explain everything that. <laughs> That was a problem with Lord of Misrule. Oh, was it? Oh, <laughs> oh my God. There was so much. Like, uh, I could go on for hours and hours and hours. Maybe I'll just make a ramble video about it because I swear to God. Uh, <laughs> but um, I've been doing very uh, little um, normal stuff for me because my house is being worked on and it's a nightmare. Yeah. As it always is, it seems, <laughs> with house contractors and whatnot. Yeah, like part of our house needs to be re-roofed and um, uh, it's just, 
I went into it and I was like, okay, everybody always says you get ripped off by contractors. So let me like get some, get some advice about get, dealing with contractors. And so I'd ask everybody I knew, especially, I want to say, especially the adults, um, <laughs> you know, those adults, um, but especially the people who I assume would have more experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and all that they want to say is, well, you'll get ripped off. <laughs> And you're okay. like, okay, how do how do I navigate this? And they're like, you're gonna get ripped <laughs> off. And like, to go so far as to say, like, don't use contractors. And I'm like, how am I going to? I don't know how to re-roof things. Yeah, that's not. Yeah, I'm not qualified for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's just I've been feeling like I've just been feeling kind of lost, and it's taken way longer than it should, which I know is like pretty par for the course for like any project like this. There, I live in a really old house. They're gonna find things that you know they they didn't realize were there. Yeah, uh, and they need to fix them in different ways, but. It's been crazy. And like on Friday, they were going to come and do like the last thing, Mm -hmm. the last thing they needed to do. So I canceled stream. And (laughs) uh, yeah, exactly. I canceled stream. And I was like, because, you know, my husband had a meeting at that time Mm -hmm. and he works from home. So like he had to be out a different place and I needed to make sure I was there and ready and I didn't want to be stressed out and I didn't want to have to interrupt stream and all this stuff. And then they just didn't show up. Uh, (laughs) So frustrating. It's been upsetting and it's been annoying, but I have gotten, I've watched a lot of movies. Uh, I'm on Letterboxd now, so I'll leave a link in the description uh, because I'm really enjoying Letterboxd. I'm tracking all the movies I'm watching there. I'm reviewing as many as I can. Uh, And it's just been a really fun experience. And then I also have been working a lot on my background. It looks so good. I love the labyrinth posters up and you've got all your so many things to look at behind you. <laughs> Thank you. I put up my like Polly Pocket uh uh Sailor Moon Polly Pocket picture as mm. well. But it's getting like shined on from the window and I I I need to stop this. <laughs> <laughs> I can't have things be fading. I need to stop this madness. (laughs) You did manage to get one very interesting stream in where you you couldn't hold yourself back any any longer and you spilled the YouTube tea. And it was super interesting, but also totally not actually drama that involves us in any way, which was so funny because you hyped it up like it was. Did I? I didn't well, intend to. Because when people talk like, I'm going to spill the tea, usually you think it's like about something you're directly involved with. And I love that you, <laughs> I love that you just talked like about a main topic. <laughs> but it was still tea. It was still tea. <laughs> yeah. like <laughs> I love YouTube drama, drama YouTube. Oh, man. It's like it's like a better reality TV because there's like different channels talking about each other. Ooh, sis. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean it's definitely like okay, I do not want to become a drama streamer, YouTuber, anything like that because frankly, um I don't want to make mistakes and make enemies. Um I don't want to tell the truth and make enemies. <laughs> yeah. Um <laughs> I don't want to make enemies. Um I want to live my life. So like generally occasionally I'll bring up drama on stream. I'll just be like, "Y'all, did you see this?" Mm-hmm. 
what do you think? Um, and I'll usually refrain from like adding too much. Like I'll, I'll, you know, be like, oh, allegedly this happened. But I try to refrain from like really being a, a source or trying to, yeah, trying to do anything. Just sometimes I'll just be like, did you hear about it? I want to talk to somebody about it. What you hear about it? Yeah. Um, however, I don't know if all of our listeners watched the H bomber guy video about plagiarism, but, uh, the long story short is that he exposed a few different YouTubers for plagiarism, including internet historian and, uh, Illuminati cause Illuminati needed more stuff for us to hate her for. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Golly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, she's just an incredibly hateable person. Um, unfortunately I hope that she stops suing people and leaves the internet soon. Um, <laughs> Get a real job. <laughs> we're, we're all rooting for you. She, you know what? Just to sit back and uh, relax on your, uh, what is it? Um, she's a landlord and she also has a crypto farm. Um, which, like, I don't approve of crypto farms, mm. but I approve of it more than spreading misinformation and plagiarism on YouTube. Yeah. um especially while you're also already doing that other thing (laughs) (laughs) one shady business practice at a time (laughs) yeah just you know just tone it down right have some (laughs) self-control Uh, but also a creator that I'd only really kind of heard of in like passing. His name is James Summerton and he is a gay YouTuber was honestly, I gotta say was a gay YouTuber. Um, and he just everything in his videos and, and please watch these videos for yourself. One of them is H bomber guy. Um, and he had a plagiarism video and then Todd in the shadows, who's usually a music analysis YouTuber, uh, he's friends with H-Bomber guy, found out that he was making this video like a year ago. And so he had something that come out, came out around the same time that was fact checking James Summerton mm. because it is very easy to find the source of what James Summerton is plagiarizing, mm-hmm. read it, and every time he adds something that is not there... You can research that and find out that it's completely made up. Yeah. So when he's not plagiarizing, he's lying. (laughs) He's lying. And actually, you know, it is hard. It is hard to prove a false. It's hard to prove a negative. Um, You know, it's hard to say this never happened Mm -hmm. because, like, maybe it did and nobody reported it. But I'm not going to go into the details of the stuff that he lied about because some of it is so extremely triggering and so extremely serious but just like tons of misogyny, tons of lies about history, um, of course, even more plagiarism than lies. And uh, it was so, the evidence was so incredibly damning, so incredibly damning. Usually these people are just like, ah, you're, you got it wrong and I'm an uncancelable cockroach. He completely just shut down, like he closed his first he he took his he took his twitter off when he just knew this video was coming he closed his twitter and then he just told his patreon hey you know how much i've been hating twitter i decided to like close down my twitter Mm -hmm, sure uh yeah mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, sure and then yeah yeah, exactly exactly sure james um and then when he when the h-bomber guy was released to his patreon um and people started watching it James Summerton posted his Patreon like, oh, a larger YouTuber is trying to take me down. He's punching down whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, don't don't listen. Don't don't 
don't look at the man behind the curtain. <laughs> um, and they were like, oh, so sorry. They, they shouldn't do this to you, James. And then the next uh, people started being like, actually, I just watched it. And this and dude, it's bad. <laughs> it's very, very bad. And th- 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 I, I don't think you're going to come back from this. Uh, so he apologized to his Patreon, which is, I mean, like, that usually doesn't happen. So cool. Yeah. Uh, and then he nuked his Patreon and then he turned off all his comments on his YouTube and then he nuked his YouTube. Hi, ghost husband. <laughs> <laughs> we got, we got a visitor from the other side. <laughs> yes. Oh, hello. <laughs> um, so yeah, so I felt pretty safe. <laughs> in yeah. discussing these issues 100 because... very rarely is tea quite so black and white it this is yeah this is mm-hmm. <laughs> i will say allegedly in case he comes back from the internet grave and um start suing people uh that these were all alleged but like dudes watch watch the videos not only especially is the h bomber guy video just really entertaining mm-hmm. just like he's just a very funny guy it's extremely entertaining um but like I don't think it's just an issue of, like, this YouTube creator was crappy because, like, there's many YouTube creators that are just crappy yeah. and don't have these issues um, and have worse issues, honestly, <laughs> in many ways. But um, it's not, like, a sign of a problem across YouTube as a whole and across the internet as yeah. a whole. But um, there are creators who are using information that they thought in good faith James Somerton was providing. Um, and they are acting like it's fact because they don't know any better. Mm-hmm. So I think not only is it important to watch these videos to like uh, educate yourself on plagiarism and just creating falsehoods and how to protect yourself from misinformation, mm-hmm. but also how many things that he said have you heard and now believe uh just make sure just 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 double check just listen to it to double check to to check your perceptions um and see if you're believing anything that is just completely wholesale made up for views yes and this is i'm so glad this is blowing up because as an educator plagiarism is just constant with students you know what i mean they just pull they pull the first thing off google copy paste it change a few words and try to turn it in drives me nuts but also they (laughs) they will believe a youtuber before they believe me you know what i mean i'm up there telling them what science tells us about the world and they're like but james somerton said no no has a student ever said that to me no but no (laughs) they they are so much more willing to listen to internet personalities who may or most likely not have any sort of certification to talk about the things they talk about. Um, It was really interesting with James Summerton because, well, I'd been recommended him a few times because uh, obviously we're into the same stuff. Uh, He's a queer creator. He talks mostly about like film, queer history and uh, like, honestly, Disney a lot. Mm -hmm. It seems like, well, I mean, a lot of the stuff that I saw he was talking about were like Disney villains and Disney parks and stuff. And the thing is, is that the first clip I ever watched of him was him 
flat out lying about Disney gay days, yes. which is something that I am so extremely intimately knowledgeable about because I, I, I have been going to them like pretty much since their inception. That's kind of like uh, as a as a young as like a teen and a young adult. Um, that was like the day that my family would go to Disneyland because we are at large a queer family. Mm. Um, and so we would go in our red shirts and, and we would have a good time. Um, and so he was like, Oh, in the nineties, they did gay night, but they stole all the money and they, they said they were going to put it to charity and then everybody forgot about it. So they started doing gay days. And I'm like, no, they, <laughs> didn't those things happened and it was like a a private company rented out the park for a quote gay night um and then uh they did steal money and didn't give it to a charity so yeah bad but it wasn't disney that did that and then gay days has always been accepted by disney um and welcomed by disney but it is not a Disney event. Right. You just show up. It's and not be on gay. the work calendar. <laughs> yeah. It's on the personal calendar. <laughs> exactly. And it really, and I wrote this, um, I wrote this in the comments of, uh, I think the Todd in the Shadows video, but like, it really annoys me when people make up uh, homophobic stuff about Disney. Mm-hmm. And I, A, I'm not here saying that Disney is not or has never been homophobic. That is not what I'm trying no. to say. <laughs> I'm just saying I hate it when people make things up about it. Yeah. Let's 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 hate for right reasons. <laughs> yeah. Let's be upset about truthful things. Did he even mention the ban on homosexual fast dancing? <laughs> because that's the best homophobic history about Disneyland. What is fast dancing? What is hom- what? <laughs> Not homo did I say homophobic or to say homosexual? I honestly don't know because the fast dancing I some I tried to okay. picture what the heck that is. I think you said homosexual. <laughs> Okay, good. I'm glad I did. That's correct. <laughs> so basically, there were two dudes dancing um, at a, a dance club at Disney. Disney, these have become less and less popular, but Disneyland used to be a place that you would go to dance. Oh, I think you told me about that. Okay. Yeah. Like, I mean, we were talking earlier just about the couples. Like, I used to go swing dancing. Oh, that's right. But uh, yeah, like, there were often dance clubs. My mom would go there back when you would pay more for the rides than for the entry mm-hmm. to go to the the dance clubs. Um, and also Mike Eisner, like, started doing more stuff with dance clubs because he had this idea that Disney was going to be, like, super popular with teens. Um, mostly because his son would go around being like, this is lame. This is lame. This is lame. <laughs> um, and he was like, no, my kid doesn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> One of the kids in two... <laughs> Yeah, like, honestly, I have such a love-hate relationship with Mike Eisner. Uh, It's mostly hate, uh, but also he did some pretty cool stuff. Uh, But anyway, he did open a lot of dance clubs. And there were, like, two gay men dancing Mm -hmm. at one of the clubs at Disneyland. And uh, the security people and the people, like, the managers, I don't know who exactly did this. They were like, this is unacceptable. So they kicked them out. Mm. And this is in the 80s. Hmm. Uh, and then they instituted a ban on, and I quote, homosexual fast dancing. <laughs> what is fast dancing? What does that mean? Just picturing ravers, yeah. you know, just like going for it. 
Um, which it, it's fascinating because a um, this implies that there is not a ban on homosexual slow dancing. No, that's exactly what I was picturing. That you know that meme where it's like, Ugh, and then it's like, yeah, but with uh, like, like, <laughs> two guys just like really? dancing, like not even touching, but they're going fast, and then like yeah. two guys intimately like slow dancing and arms all over each other, and Disney's like. Yep, that's fine. They're like, you two look gay, <laughs> but we're not sure. Oh, they're slow dancing. Never mind. Never mind. Beautiful. Carry on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it mostly, like, obviously it affected uh, gay couples, but, like, the people who were complaining the most vocally were actually young women who now could not go dance with their friends. Yeah. And didn't feel safe going dancing at Disneyland because, like, and also not just safe, but also, like, you go to dance with your friends. Yeah. Like, usually. What? Yeah. Most people. (laughs) What the heck? According to Disney, having fun is homosexual fast dancing. It can't happen. (laughs) Fast dance. I'm gonna I gotta I gotta find things to call that in life now. Like, oh, that reminds me of homosexual fast dancing. I don't know about that. Right. (laughs) It's just like something completely unrelated. (laughs) Yes. There's a Tumblr account called, like, We Need an American Girl Who or something like that. I don't know exactly what Tumblr account, but it'll be just like, we need an American Girl Who this, we need an American Girl Who that. And one of them was, we need an American Girl Who got kicked out of Videopolis for homosexual dance. Fast yes! dancing. <laughs> uh, this took a turn I did not expect. No, yeah, this is, this is quite the overpour. Um, I yeah. do have a recommendation. I don't. I think he's completely legit. I really enjoy his videos. So if you're looking to fill that homosexual history void uh, in pop culture and media, Matt Bow is mm. one of my favorites. Uh, he he has very, really well produced videos, seems to be really well researched, and he's very just a loving personality. I don't know how else to word that. Like the way he talks about even some of the kind of like you know, struggles in history with homophobia and in media and all that kind of stuff. He still like talks about it in a way that like, there's always hope at the end of it. Things always get better. And I don't know, I really like him and his videos. So highly recommend him. (laughs) Thank you. Um, I also have a recommendation of a YouTuber that I really appreciate. And uh, again, like I trust actually um, in the H bomber guy Reddit, there Mm -hmm. is like a pinned post of like kind of more trustworthy always always look into stuff if it seems fishy yeah. or whatever but trustworthy youtubers who cite their sources mm-hmm. um queer youtubers specifically who cite their sources uh and also like people who've been plagiarizing people who have been spreading misinformation there's like a master a master post about that <laughs> yeah <clears throat> In the H-Bomber Reddit. Um, so I will double check it before I post this to see if, like, they're like, nah, these people are terrible because I have not looked into it yet. <laughs> but uh, Kaz Rowe is, I believe, a non-binary uh, history YouTuber. I've heard that name. And, yeah, I I love them. Um, I've learned so much, especially about the Old West from them. That's, That's so like, cool. their videos that I tend <laughs> to, like uh gravitate towards because the Old West was, like, very, very queer for many, many reasons. Mm uh and it's fascinating it's it's just fascinating um and yeah i think that the biggest red flag that you can find in videos like one thing that james summerton did is he would blame blanket things on like specific groups of people Mm -hmm. um like his favorite group of people to blame things on are straight white women 
as a whole <laughs> um, for things that didn't even make any sense, like saying that like straight white women didn't like it when you say Yuri on Ice is gay. And I'm like, <laughs> there is an opposite problem yeah. in the Yowie spaces. Thanks, <laughs> <laughs> <Like>, sir. <laughs> You just opened a whole nother can of worms. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah, like to him, like the, the the worst people on earth are straight white women. Um, and if I hear anybody talking like that about any group of people, uh, specifically and especially ones like that can't that did not choose. Yeah. I thank you. I hate it. <laughs> I hate stereotyping. Uh like i i don't know i get that that's like kind of part of human culture and it's it's not it's never gonna go away but to like pick attributes that like yeah people can't control what color they came out yo (laughs) it's not (laughs) i can generalize things that people have chosen for themselves yeah um but i think that it can be harmful to just say like and the only people who hated this were straight white women and i'm like you what what um, and also you had no proof of that that's the other thing we're all any- usernames you don't even <laughs> yeah i've only gotten backlash from straight white women like how do you how do you know how do you know you can set um, anybody as your profile pick <laughs> yes yes and you should um, any anybody uh so yeah, that that's what's happening. Everybody, um, watch out, but don't worry about us because uh, you can't trust a word we say. No, um, no, none no. of this is fact based. None of this <laughs> for educational <laughs> purposes. <laughs> this is not for educational purposes. Only for entertainment purposes. So if you ever hear anything on this show, just forget it immediately. <laughs> <laughs> just move on to the next episode. Don't even think about it. <laughs> Don't even just, you know, head empty. Just <laughs> We're just here for funsies. <laughs> yeah. We're just here for funsies and to talk about our favorite nail polishes. And that might even be wrong. I've been wrong about <laughs> that. That I know before. is a false statement. <laughs> we haven't mentioned a single nail polish in the one hour and five minutes we've been recording. <laughs> One hour and five minutes! Oh my god. Okay. I think that means it's time for a cuticle break. Yes, I gotta pee. <laughs> All right. Pee on your cuticles. Keep them nice and moisturized. All right. Everybody, we're gonna uh, oil our cute. So when we come back, we're going to answer a question from our good friend, Wen Didymus. Stay tuned. Hey everybody, it's Stephanie. And today I'm here to tell you that this month's Polish Pickup Bingo will be on New Year's Eve. Join us at a special later time at 7 p.m. PST on the Fanatic Ear Twitch channel for good times and bad shopping decisions as we prepare to ring in the new year, at least for the people on the East Coast. And as always, please check us out on Patreon to become a lackey. That's L-A-C-Q-U-I lackey to get special updates and outtakes only available on Patreon. And now back to the show. All right, everybody, we are back. We are moisturized. We are in our lane. We are thriving. And we have a question from Wen Didymus, uh, who is a good friend of ours. Mm-hmm. She's on YouTube. She's doing a color series right now. 
Uh, and she also streams, and we just love her. her birthday should have just passed mm. once this once this goes up. And Danny and I have both okay. I have done a Manny I for will. Wendy. I promise. I when York has called you Wendy. Danny will. <laughs> <laughs> I will. I will eventually. Maybe today. Hopefully, because it's due tomorrow. <laughs> Oops. Please do it today. <laughs> I did mine like weeks ago because I was really excited about it because Wendy, when Didymus is based on Sir Didymus from Labyrinth, which is my favorite. Uh, so I had an excuse to do a, do a Labyrinth Manny. And it came and out so good. I'm so excited to see her reaction. <laughs> me too. Me too. I'm so excited. Happy birthday, Wendy. We're going to answer your question that you so graciously asked yes. us. We need more questions. Yes. Okay. I know we ramble about whatever we want, but we do actually want to engage with the audience. But we do actually <laughs> want your questions. Anyway, today, uh, when Didymus asks, how do you view your nail polish time? Is it an escape? Is it certified me time? Therapeutic meditation? Danny, what, what, how do you view your nail polish I time? I love the term certified me time, as in like you get a little like... You know, like when you do professional development, you get a little certificate saying, I earned 1.5 yeah. hours of professional development. 1.5 hours of me time. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> it is, uh, it's complicated. So mm -hmm. I'm, I am a, I, I don't know what the term is, like a person who loves to check off checklists, right? I like to accomplish tasks. So I do a lot of like, nail collabs and challenges and stuff like that so it kind of feels like a little bit of a job but a job I enjoy doing and I very much like saying like yes I completed this month's nail challenge <laughs> like so it is definitely me time but it's me time with like a goal because I can't really do any other kind of me time I have discovered when I try to draw or paint or play video games golly I like I love Minecraft I do but if I don't have like a very set goal I will never accomplish anything I will grow one farm and just like log in farm my wheat and then log off because I feel like I have no other tasks to complete <laughs> So yeah, it's um it's like a weird in-between space of like me time and enjoyment and and calmness but also uh, deadlines. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I can absolutely see that because like my my experience with nail art and nail polish is not exactly the same as yours. I don't do as many collabs as you in any way shape or form. Um hard to believe anybody could. But <laughs> Um, I'm starting to do more of those because it's fun to be inspired. Mm -hmm. Um, it's really interesting because there des definitely seems to be a, like, circuit of, of birthday collabs. Mm -hmm. Um, the one that we're doing for Wendy, I, I feel like it's part of some sort of a birthday exchange. Yeah, I want to know the inner workings of the birthday collabs as well. Like, because how do how do we get signed up for it? How do we sign other people up to be in the circuits? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so it, it was. Just, it's just very interesting. So it's, it, I'm very curious about it. I don't know if I want to be in on the birthday collabing, um, <laughs> because so many of them are for people who I don't know. Mm -hmm. um, and I do like. I you know it would be fun. It would be fun 
to join the birthday collab ring and then like get to know mm-hmm. the like you know every time you get a new assignment you like you go there and get to know the person and be like what have they what do they post about what do they enjoy i think that's pretty fun um but but yeah i don't do that but of course i do stream several times a week um and occasionally occasionally um i do stuff for pr and stuff um and i would say like uh i don't take pr unless it fits into what i want to do which is stream and do stuff on stream um it is a bit like a combo of like work and me time and also like recently i haven't been really having fun painting my cindy hand Mm. Because I just don't really feel like having that downtime on my hand. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I need to use the bathroom. I need to. I also, my dupixent, I messed up my dupixent dosage. Uh, the thing that makes me not itch constantly. Mm. Um, and so I have been itching constantly. Gotcha. Uh, and that's really hard when you have a painted, a painted right hand. You have to be like, ah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. And even afterwards, like the tip wear is just crazy. Uh, so like, it's, it's weird. It, on one hand, I, I definitely feel like sometimes when I'm painting my nails, especially on stream, especially when I have an idea, uh, it fits into this creative space for me that is neither work nor play, mm-hmm. Um, that is like, I have a vision and I have to get it out and I have to like, it's, it's kind of like this hyper-focused art time. Yes, totally. (laughs) Yeah. Do you feel that on your end as well? Completely. Yeah. It's, it's a creative space versus a, I don't want to say it's not relaxing because it is, but like, yeah, it's definitely like there's a goal and you're trying to express, um, and admittedly that's what I'm doing nail art Every now and then I do just pop my peelies of nail art off and just paint a regular manicure because I'm like, that polish is pretty and I want to look at it. So every now and then I do take certified me time, get my 1.5 hours of (laughs) me time certification um, and just paint a regular manicure. And that that does feel pretty good. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's definitely that's a me time moment. That's a self-care moment for me as well. Just like putting on especially like of course i love wearing untrieds Mm -hmm. but i am realizing that i have like i i just really have my go-tos yes uh that make me go like oh and like sometimes i'm just like oh i wish i could put this on right now but i just can't fit it in to whatever manny that i'm doing like a polish that just lives rent free in my head constantly is hypnotic by victorian varnish Mm. Like, oh, I'm looking at it right now and I want to put it on. Yeah. Right now. (laughs) And I never just have an opportunity to put it on because like, you know, even even when I'm just wearing a random polish, a lot of the time, like it's not really a random polish. I'm wearing it because it's an untried. I'm wearing it because I want a picture of it for some reason. Um, So sometimes I have to just kind of like back up and be like. I am going to just wear a polish that I like today. Yeah. <laughs> even if I've tried it, even if I've worn it a million times. Uh, so, yeah, it's 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 a it's a difficult question. It is. Honestly. Because, like, there are plenty of times where I, 
yeah, exactly. I just want to kind of put on one of my favorite polishes and just chill with it. Uh, but I'm like, man, I really, if I'm going to paint my nails and take the time to do that, I really should, you know, check off a few more collab boxes. I should film it, you know, and make content out of it or something. And I'm like, uh, I just want me time. <laughs> yeah. So. There have been days where I painted my nails multiple times to fill multiple purposes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Because that's part of the problem is that like the, the big problem. And I think that people who have like false nails who mm. use false nails have this figured out to a point. But I you and me, neither of us enjoy painting press ons. Right. Um, so it's not it's not that easy for us. But like uh, we only have so many hands. Mm hmm. With which to uh, do a relaxing mani on. And I don't find it relaxing to paint my right hand. I just, you know what I mean? (laughs) That she gets painted once every like week and a half, two weeks. And it's a, it's always, almost always a cream so that it's easy to take off later with acetone because I don't wear peel off on my right hand. And it is, it is a, it's a protection layer. (laughs) Nothing more. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's like I use uh, orally breathables on my right hand a lot yeah. because I'm just like I don't care. Yep. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna just like put this on. Will I put top coat on it? Probably not. Probably not. Like <laughs> I'm just, it's here. We're we're gonna wear this. Yep. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, like I, I have to like I, I have to be creative. I have to create. I have to do things um like that or else i will cease to exist so um in that way nail art is absolutely therapeutic Mm -hmm. um what i will say about my nail polish time and creativity and stuff is that i think that nail art is such an amazing uh thing to get into if you are a perfectionist um and if like Whenever I'm, like, painting something or drawing something, I'm like, oh, I want to make this perfect. I want to, like, I I can't show it to people until it's in its final stages. And with nail art, uh, at least for me, it's like I don't have that kind of time Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) to be too perfectionist. Uh, It's kind of got to just be the raw, the raw, like art that came out of it because like i'm not gonna spend 12 hours doing my nails uh and also like it's gonna have to be temporary unless you're doing press-ons which part of the reasons i don't like press-ons is that they're not temporary and therefore i get to in my head about them yes um i really enjoy seeing press-on artists on instagram and stuff like that like they make some beautiful sets but then they'll be like i spent like 12 hours per nail on this set or whatever i'm like why ah like that's too much yeah Because, yeah, with we, I guess we could, like, do our nails in layers over several days or whatever. But then, yeah, then tip wear happens and it's, like, it's ruined. <laughs> it's never going yeah, to be Yeah, and then the next time you put top coat on it, you're like, ah, oh, there was a hair in it. Yeah. Because you've been wearing it around. <laughs> like, it doesn't, it doesn't work that way. Yeah, it's a one and done. And there's, there's your nails. <laughs> Yeah, uh, it's so funny you mentioned like the 12 hours per nail because I've had people who show me like Ball Pit Addict who's a uh, a nail artist mm-hmm. on Instagram and stuff and she has her own like 
product line. Apparently she's amazing. And I mean, I think she's amazing. I've seen her stuff. She's yeah. amazing. And people will show me like these, you know, photorealistic portraiture she does. And they're like, you could do this. You could sell these for so much money. And it's like, at the end of the day, no, you can't. No, not for the hours you put in and how much people are willing to pay for a press on set. No. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, I'm not saying that you can't, like, necessarily make a living doing that if that's what you do day in and day out. And, you know, you put them up and you and you are popular enough that people will pay, like, $400 for a set. But even so, like, think about your job. Mm-hmm. $400 at a nine to five is like generally less than a week of work. So it's not, it doesn't, it doesn't. Yeah. It, for the vast majority of us, it does not make sense to do that. Yeah. I can't just translate my talent directly into money. Yeah. Uh, most people can't. <laughs> yeah. That's something that drives me nuts. Like every time I talk about this you know nail stuff with my with my family and stuff that that's almost always their first question is like well how much does that make how much does that make and it's like that's not the point like i'm just having fun oh you should you should be a nail tech and get certified i'm like no i don't want to do other people's nails i want to do my nails (laughs) like i actually kind of hate painting other people's nails i'll do it for my close friends and stuff like that but it's I'm terrible at it. First of all, it's a completely different angle. (laughs) Like I don't. Yeah. And I don't, I know exactly how much paint to put on my brush to, uh, to cover my nail. No idea how much paint I need on the brush to cover someone else's nail. And it gets all in their cuticles and I feel horrible. And then it's all this cleanup. I hate it. (laughs) So yeah, I don't want to make cuticles are always so rough and it's like, I can't clean these. Yes. (laughs) Oh my God. Yeah. So it's, (laughs) I don't know. Like, I, you don't have to make money off of your side hustle. Like, I guess it's nice if you do. But yeah, if you're a creative person and like pouring hours and hours and hours into your creative works and just to sell them and like get underpaid, like that hurts, man. That feels bad. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, it, it, as a creative who, who struggles with a lot of, I mean, more or less disabilities, um, you know, I am a housewife. Uh, I, I am not, you know, employed in a money wise way. And if I am, it's going to end up being a content creation scenario. Um, in, in that, like, I get that all the time from people. You should do this. You should open this. You should whatever. Um, and I hear it for other people. Like, I have a friend who is, who is very, very disabled. Mm. Like, who, who really cannot work. Who, in so many different ways, like, they can't drive. They, they can't, you know, they, they just cannot. <clears throat> they are a kind of person who needs the assistance that they get for their disability mm-hmm. because they cannot hold down a job. <clears throat> and it is not their fault. And they made this, like, beautiful cake. Yeah. And, like, I showed it to somebody else. And I was like, look at this beautiful cake my friend made. And, like, the first thing they're like, they should get a job doing that. And the person who mentioned that, like, knew the situation. And it's like, this person should not be doing, like, just because somebody can spend their whole day, like, as a disabled person or or even not, um, just as somebody being a hobbyist, making something beautiful and incredible, like, it's so different when you have to go to work for like eight hours minimum a day to do that. And it's not, you you know, you don't have the dopamine of it being your own project. And also like, you're not necessarily given the breaks you need. You're yeah. not necessarily. Deadlines that 
don't fit into your body's needs like yeah makes no sense just because i can show up and have an amazing piece of art doesn't mean that i can handle a nine to five uh especially doing that because a lot of times these creative things um so much emotion so much energy so much you know physicality a lot of times goes into these things not necessarily in nail art but in a lot of these cases so uh if you got a friend who does something really cool as a hobby uh, and you want to know why they don't do it for work, you can ask that. <laughs> yeah. Or say, have you ever thought of doing that? And then they can say yes or no. But like, oh, be careful when you suggest doing something or say you should. Yeah. Because like it can it can be kind of offensive. Yeah. And also like it, it can take all the fun out of it. So I don't know. It's Wendy. That was a really good question. <laughs> Yeah, really, really got really us thinking question. about stuff. <laughs> all right. Well, that was a lot. I think that is enough for today. <laughs> Thank you all so much for listening. Please check out our YouTube channel and leave a comment with your favorite moment, a story to share, and of course, any questions you'd like us to answer in future episodes. Be sure to check out Danny and I on Twitch, Instagram, YouTube, and the Patreon. I am Fanatic here. She is Danny Shout. All of our links are in the description. Join us next time when we get to what this podcast is actually about. James Summerton. Stay lacquered. 